Welcome to our Wednesday Bible study. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Hebrews because uh, as I was thinking about what book of the Bible we wanted to go to now, I kept coming back to the book of Hebrews because this theme that continues to show up throughout this book is that Jesus is greater than fill in the blank. And there's a lot of blanks that are filled in for us in this book that show us Jesus is greater than all these things. So no matter what type of, of uh, opposition or what type of struggle we might face, Jesus is greater than those things. And Jesus is also greater than a lot of things that are pretty good to begin with. But let's dive in and, and take a notice of some of these. You might notice that this video is going to be just a little bit shorter than usual. That's because I intend for you to watch this other video here on the book of Hebrews from the Bible Project. Uh, I'm going to try to make it to where you can actually like click on this, this little picture up there and it will uh, send a link to this video. Uh, if not, then you can look down below in the, um, the description about this video and there will be a link there because I, I really want you to, to watch this video because it gives you an overview of the entire book and it's a really well done video. Um, so if you want to pause this video and go watch that and then come back to this one, that would be great. If you want to watch this video um, later after, after the one that you're watching right now, uh, that's fine too. Just kind of up to you uh, as to, to what you choose to do. So as I, state, I stated before, the book of Hebrews is all about how Jesus is greater than these things. The first category that we're going to look at is that Jesus is greater than the prophets. And we're going to see many different ways that are laid out for us just in these first few verses uh, about how much greater Jesus is than the prophets uh, of old. Hebrews chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So in these first four verses, especially the first three verses, uh, we see how much greater Jesus is than um, the, the different ways that God has used in times past, specifically how he spoke to the prophets of old. I mean, look at the Old Testament sometimes, especially, and see all the different ways that God has spoken to the prophets. You know, sometimes he he appears in dreams to them and he, he gives them dreams that they they don't always exactly know the answer to and they kind of have to work their way out and sometimes he gives them the interpretation of those dreams it's just it's very interesting sometimes he seems to speak directly to them or maybe they see these signs like miracles and stuff that take place god has used so many different ways and it seems like there's so many of them that are quite unique uh, in and of themselves but now those aren't really the ways that God speaks so much anymore. What he does now shows up in verse two is in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. See, we live in the age of the, the New Testament in which uh, now God has spoken to us through his son. And that's the that's the testament that we're under. We're no longer under the Old Testament. It's been fulfilled. You know, the old law has been been fulfilled. Now we are in this new law, this new covenant with God. And it was given to us by his son. And we're going to see how his son has done that and kind of accomplished that in these verses. I also feel like I, I have to mention that in verse two, it, it says 
in these last days. The Hebrew writer considered the days that he lived in to be the last days. And there's a few different other authors in the New Testament who speak about their days as being the last days. Well, we're 2,000 years from those last days, so we definitely are still living in the last days. Uh, so, you know, sometimes today we, we find people talking about, you know, the end times and stuff like that or the last days. Yeah, we're living in them. We have been living in them for a long time. And what that really just kind of means is the fact that we don't need to be expecting more days, uh, you know, in the future to come and, and some great revelation, you know, because before Jesus came, they were still expecting some great thing to happen with the Messiah. But now that Jesus has come, we've already, we, we've already seen that great revelation. So we don't need to be expecting any type of, of like huge revelation like what Jesus Christ coming to this earth was. No, he's already done that. Now we kind of have the rest of the timeline of how things will work throughout the rest of history. Uh, we are living in these last days. And we uh, now have this spokesperson of the Son, the Son of God. So why is Jesus so much greater? Well, he's greater because he's the Son. We see that in verse 2. We also see that Jesus is described here as being the heir of all things. You know, not just like he's not a servant. No, he is an heir, a direct heir. Um, and that a lot of times that language has to do with, you know, inheritance, that he will get it later. Well, in this case, it just kind of has to do with he's the owner of it. You know, he's the one who it's it's going to going to come to. And he has closely related to um, all things, being the, the heir of all things, being connected with all things. We also find out that he made the universe. Well, he made the universe. I mean, that, that's a huge thing that, you know, sometimes we we uh, just sort of take that for granted that that uh, the universe is already here. But, you know, Jesus is the one who is who is the creator of all of that. Just like John's gospel, as we've been studying this year on, on uh, Sundays, especially, we've been looking at John's gospel. And that gospel starts off that, you know, in the beginning was the word. And we find out that that word created all things around us, created the universe. That word is Jesus Christ. And that's what the Hebrew writer is also pointing out here. We see in verse 3 that the Son is also greater because he's connected with God's glory. If you want to know what God's glory looks like now, take a look at the pages of the Bible, specifically in the Gospels, and see how Jesus responded and see the type of glory that he just carried himself with and how uh, he interacted with people around him. And that's how God exacts. That's how God acts with people around him. Uh, because in connection with God's glory, we see the next phrase is that the Son is the exact representation of his being. The exact representation. Now, I can draw a picture of a person. Let's face it, it's probably going to look a little bit more like a stick person than what it is, you know, that actual person. But that's not the type of image that Jesus Christ is. See, Jesus Christ is the exact representation of God's being. He is God in the flesh. That's why John's gospel in the beginning was the word. And later on, it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is that exact representation of God's being. He's not some stick person figure of God. No, he is God in the flesh. And by looking at his life, we can learn how God would respond in different situations because he is God in those different situations. And I really want to draw your attention to this last phrase in this first, um, this first sentence in verse 3. That the Son 
is actively involved in sustaining all things by his powerful word. So no matter what we might face in this world and no matter what we might see in this world that doesn't always make sense to us, we need to recognize Jesus Christ is sustaining all things by his powerful word. He is sustaining it all. Um, we are not capable of doing that ourselves, but God is. Jesus Christ is. He is sustaining all things by his powerful word. So at this time right now, I know that there's you know, some, some questions that you all might have, some things you might not understand why God has done it a certain way as opposed to a different way. But rest assured that God is sustaining all things by his powerful word. Two more things that we see in, from verse three about Jesus being greater is that he provide purification for our sins. All of these different ideas that I'm drawing out right now are going to be ones that the Hebrew writer continues to elaborate on, really uh, expand each one of these and tell us a great deal about it. But this providing purification for sins, this is Jesus's connection to uh, priests, specifically even the high priest. As, and that's a theme that the Hebrew writer is going to get into great detail about later in upcoming chapters and show us that Jesus is our high priest. He did provide purification for our sins, and that's how he um, sets up that, that priest role. This last phrase in verse 3 talks about him sitting at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. This has to do with him being king, and he is our king. He is not just a king. He's not just the king. He is the king of kings. He is the greatest king that ever has been and ever will be. And that's also a theme that we will continue to look at as well in the book of Hebrews. So you notice, I, I know there's a whole lot in this list about how Jesus is greater. This gives us a little bit of an overview as to what we're going to dive into and notice all these other ways in which Jesus Christ is greater. Uh, he is better than anything that we could hope for, anything that we could imagine. Jesus Christ is better than that. This last verse here talks about how he's much superior to the angels. Well, let's take a look at that now together. Jesus is greater than the angels. Hebrews chapter 1, we're going to be looking at verses 4 through 14, but we're going to take them uh, in smaller sections than that. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. And I know we read verse 4 in the, the previous slide, but it is also connected with this one, so I carried it over. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Now, one thing I would encourage you to do, and one thing that was also stated uh, in that video from the Bible Project, if you watched that overview video already, is there's going to be a lot of passages here that are referenced from the Old Testament. Hopefully you have a Bible that maybe has a center column uh, references, or maybe it has references at the bottom uh, that will kind of have a little uh, a little letter uh, out beside each one of these references that are kind of offset a little in the text. Take a look at those sometime. You know, if you want to dive in a little bit deeper, take a look at those passages in the Old Testament, and, and you'll find something oftentimes uh, very rich about these passages that are being quoted. Uh, for instance, in verses in verse five, sorry, just verse five, these two different passages that are quoted speak about Jesus being the son, but they do so kind of in different ways. One of them is is looking um, 
and closely connected with uh, a Messiah, you know, the Messiah, Jesus Christ coming, and how he is the son, but he is also the king. Now, this other passage, though, that says, I will be his father and he will be my son, that actually comes from uh, 2 Samuel um, 7. And whenever you look at that one uh, in verse 14, it, that's where that quotation comes from. Uh, but that one is more so connected to, to Daniel. So we kind of see this way that that Jesus Christ is king, but two different ways of looking at that, um, that yes, he's the son and he's the king, but then also uh, he is the son of David. Uh, and because of that, he is the, the, the one that they were hoping for, the one, the king from David's line that's going to do something special. And he does, and he did. Uh, most certainly, Jesus Christ fulfilled that. We see in verse six that Jesus is connected with being uh, the firstborn. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, he's part of creation like what we are. You know, we are created beings, so we're different than Jesus. Jesus is is called firstborn here. And what this ties down into is when you actually look at the phrase firstborn and see how it appears in the Old Testament, uh, you will find out that that oftentimes uh, doesn't have as much to do with literally being the firstborn child, because sometimes it's not even uh, those rights of the firstborn are not always given to the one who literally is the firstborn. But what it does have to do with is that there is a chosen one from the family. Now, typically, and like in the law of Moses, the firstborn is the one that that's supposed to go to. They have special rights. They also uh, get a double portion of things. It's their job to kind of continue on the family line, so to speak, I guess is a way to, to look at it, to carry these things forward and to do something uh, great into the future. So that's why Jesus is connected with his firstborn. It doesn't have anything to do with him being part of this creation. No, no, we've already looked at, he's the one who created everything. So he's not part of this creation, but he is firstborn in the sense of he's got that position. We are sons and daughters of God, but we're not the same thing as the son of God, like the son of man, as, as Jesus is. Jesus is this firstborn. He is the only one who has that, those special rights and the kind of the special double portion and everything because he is, he is a different he has a different relationship to the Father than what we have. Uh, but thankfully, uh, and gratefully, because of what Jesus has done for us, we can have close connection to the Father, uh, though it's not the same connection that Jesus has uh, to the Father. It is different. And one of the things that talks about that is this passage here about letting uh, all God's angels worship him. You know, that's not stated about humans, really. It's, it's stated about Jesus Christ, that Jesus is worthy of worship from the angels. So if the angels should worship Jesus. Don't you think that we should as well? It makes perfect sense. Let's keep looking though, because there's more that the scripture says about angels and specifically really, we're gonna, we look more about what the scriptures say about the son of God rather than uh, the angels themselves. Hebrews one verses seven through nine. In speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. So these things, uh, we see this contrast here. In verse 7, that's what's stated about the angels. The angels um, are connected with, with being uh, spirits and also flames of fire. Depending on your translation, this this might uh, that first one might be uh, to, might connect angels with winds or something like that. You know, winds and also 
uh, flames of fire. Uh, those are two closely associated images that we see connected with angels is one of them is wind of some sorts, you know, breath, spirit, wind, all of that's kind of the same term in both Hebrew and Greek. So yeah, uh, wind to a degree, air kind of, and then uh, another thing is fire. Uh, whereas we as humans, we have other things that are connected to us. You know, we're not really connected to fire. Uh, if you remember all the way back in Genesis, Adam was made from the dust. And several other passages speak about dust in connection to, to humans. Uh, so we are, you know, connected with this earth and we're connected to dust. Uh, and then we're also, because uh, the breath of God was breathed into uh, Adam, we are connected to wind as well. We are connected to, to air. So we do kind of have uh, some relation to a degree with uh, the, these same images with, with wind and angels and humans. We see those connections. Uh, but we don't have that same connection about the, the flames of fire. Those are, are connected with the angels themselves and, and sometimes even with God himself. Um, but here with us as being human creatures, we're not these spirit creatures, these, these angels. Um, so we do have some similarities with them. And we do have some things that connect us with them. And sometimes we can see them, uh, you know, in, in this world, like several times throughout the scriptures both the Old Testament and the New Testament, you will find people interact with angels from time to time, but not all the time. It's not like there are other human beings that just sort of walk around with us all the time. It's like sometimes our, the, the physical realm and the spiritual realm kind of over connect in different ways. But this is what we find out about the angels. However, the sun, he kind of tears down all these other barriers. Because he's not all, he, he doesn't just have all those connections to what the angels have, but he's got all these connections with what humanity has. He became a human. He's a spirit being that became human and has connected us in a very beautiful way. And in verse 8, we even see that this son is called God. You know, the son is God. He himself is God. And his throne, his kingdom, is going to last forever and ever. Now, the only one whose kingdom, the only one whose throne is going to last forever and ever is God. But yet here we see this connection with the son. We see Jesus Christ is that exact representation. Remember what we looked at last time, that Jesus Christ is that exact representation uh, of God. And he is God. That's why it can be described and spoken of in the same language, that the son is called God and his throne will last forever and ever. He was. Uh, this last phrase here in verse 9, uh, talking about him um, kind of coming up to that throne and, and taking on that, uh, that kingly role. Uh, he was anointed with this oil of joy. That's what Christ means. That's what Messiah means. It means the anointed one. And he was anointed. Uh, and because of that, he, he is the rightful king of all kings. There's still a few more things that we need to look at in this, uh, this chapter. The, the, with these few verses, we, uh, we will be done with chapter 1 at the end of this. So Hebrews 1, verses 10 through 14. He also says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment they will be changed. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent 
to serve those who will inherit salvation. And with that, that that's how chapter one ends. But here we see some other passages that are talking about the son. Verse 10, he's, he's still talking about the son and the, the great things. He's called Lord here. And he laid the foundations of the earth. He's involved in all of this creation. And we see that, yes, these things around us, uh, that e even the heavens and, and earth, they're described as that, you know, all of these works, uh, they're going to wear out like a garment. We've all had a garment. We've all had clothes that wear out. And we need to, to change those, get new ones, or maybe mend the ones that we've got. But God is not like our clothes. He remains the same forever. And he lasts forever. Uh, and that's the, the description that the son gets also, that he is going to remain forever. His years are never going to end. He is different than these angels. None of the angels did God ever say, sit in my right hand till I make an enemy a footstool for your feet. Um, he, he didn't say that to the angels. He said that to his son. He said that to Jesus Christ. But we do see in this last verse the purpose about angels. You know, if you've ever wondered, well, well, why do angels even exist? And what, what do they do? What is their job? And, and how do they fit in with, you know, us and our life? Well, verse 14 tells us that angels are ministering spirits that are sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. Guess who that is? Are you going to inherit salvation? I, I sure hope you do. I mean, that, that's what Christians are called to do is to inherit salvation. So these angels are ministering spirits sent to serve Christians in this day and age. You know, they've sent, they were sent and they served other people who were going to inherit salvation, like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, that they they ministered to those people before, but now they minister to us as Christians, us who are following Jesus Christ. And they're connected with us. You know, we don't need to look at angels as, as a, you know, some type of, of competition or, or whatever. No, angels are these spiritual beings uh, that are on our side, that are sent to to work with us, to help us. Um, and how that takes place uh, might look kind of interesting. We're going to get into that a little bit in the next chapter. But for now, let's just notice that angels are these ministering spirits that are sent to serve those who are going to inherit salvation. Just another reminder, if you haven't already watched the video of the overview of Hebrews, now's a great time to do that. You know, after this video is done, um, and uh, there's definitely going to be a link in the, the description of this video uh, that will that will send you over to that location so that you can watch that video, take a look at the overview of the book of Hebrews. Uh, also, I, I wanted to include this slide. I'm going to get my, my picture off of here for a moment. There we are. I wanted to include this slide because I wanted you to see different ways in which you can connect with me at this time. You know, there's a phone or email, and, and by the way, I'm trying something. I tried to get this message out to you. So if you haven't heard already, this is sort of a little bit of an announcement to you. And that is this Sunday night is supposed to be our participation night. Uh, obviously, our participation night is going to look a little different. You know, we can't have what we normally have. However, I'm going to still try to do a participation night. So if you can um, send me uh, kind of like a, a an audio or maybe even a short video of you uh, of the men of our congregation uh, reading a scripture or saying a prayer or, or leading a song. You know, if you and your family want to record a song together, uh, then I can put a kind of a video or an audio uh, file for us all to, to be able to listen to this and take part in later. So you can 
um, text me those things or get a hold of me uh, by uh, by calling me. Uh, if you're going to text me, text my cell phone number. If you're going to call me, that's the, the church office number right there, and that's a way to get a hold of me. You could also email those things to me at southedmontoncoc at gmail.com. Uh, then there's other ways to just stay connected at this time. Uh, as a church, we have a website that's that's put out, and it's on the screen right there. We also have a podcast. Basically, that's just a fancy word for we've got the audio. That's the audio for the sermons and the classes as well. Uh, on YouTube is where I put these videos, and then I kind of link them on Facebook. And speaking of Facebook, the church has a page and a group. Those are two different things, and, and uh, you can take part of, of both of those and just kind of search that on Facebook, and you can find those things. And you can contact me uh, on Facebook as well if you want to, to get a hold of me. So thank you very much for watching uh, this video and taking part in, in our Wednesday Bible study. See you next time.